Welcome to Slacker Studio, a podcast all about the things we do when we're slacking. We'll be chatting about a variety of things such as gaming, movies and tech news. I'm Jack. I'm Ed. And I almost forgot to say my name. I'm just kind of like looking at the show notes <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, that's my cue. Quick. I'm, I'm hashtag words. name and I'm hashtag name. Who is yeah, hashtag right. name? Who are you? Uh, this week's beer of the show is whatever Jack has in front of him. Yeah, so uh, Ed last week had Shipyard American Ale, and I realised that our local, I also have uh, American Shipyard Ale, so I decided to um, give it a go. Do you remember, <laughs> excuse me, do you remember when I actually could breathe? Um, do you remember <laughs> what your rating was for Shipyard Ale? Uh, maybe a three. I don't remember loving it. Because mm. well, I'm, I'm, I'm not really a huge IPA fan, but we'll see how this is. Five percent alcohol, so this says like shipyard American IPA combining finest malted barley with a whole bunch of audacious American hops. This first quenching, first, the fuck was that? Thirst hey. quenching, and gutsy hey American IPA is dry, refreshing, and explodes with grapefruity citrus flavour. So it's like a slightly less grapefruity Elvis juice, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, Ooh. I had I had very great for two hours juice last night, and that was nice. Oh, it's good. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember loving the shipyard. We'll see. Let's see what you think. Oh, I have nothing, by the way, because I drank what I was going to drink today, last night. So there we go. Wow. Okay, so we have a rating at five. Um, that is really, really punchy. Kind of like, what is it? Last week, I had the same thing with an IPA. Mm. I drank it, and it's like soap. Yes. It's like the soapy sting. Um, but I have also like eaten half a can of Pringles, salt vinegar, um, fruit salads, light cheese and chocolate because it's a week before Lent and I'm big. Pig! Um, let's have another taste. Yeah, that's not growing on me at all. No, um, it's it's not. I, I, it's coming back to me. It's not very fun. Ouch. It's, it's, it's all right. I can understand. If someone likes an IPA, this is probably right up their street. If they really like a bitter beer, I'd suggest it. For me, it's not my kind of thing. But the thing is, I like IPAs. There's plenty of other IPAs I do like, and That's I really true. didn't love that one. Mm, yeah, this is kind of... This is a toughie. I'll have to see how it goes, because I'm like, I've only just started this one. Maybe it gets better throughout the bottle. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. Like, is it cold or not? Mm, really cold. So that okay. could also be an issue. Um, I think that's what I need to... So with ciders, I tend to keep them cold, but with ale, I might might need to just keep them out like an hour because that might affect... I mean, a lot of people might say that. Might say, well, actually, you should keep it out and let mm. it be room temperature or let it be this temperature because if you have it at this, then it's always... Kind of like the reason they uh, chill white wine is to hide some of the bad characteristics. Just like, you know, you never chill a red. Um, no, right. It's just weird. Um, so maybe it's the same thing and maybe I'm giving it a disservice. For now, I'm going to give this a 2.5. Or two and a half yeah. even. Yeah, yeah two yeah, and a half. Yeah. A good two and a half. I'm not overly enjoying it, but it's not a bad beer. I can I can definitely taste floral notes. It's just a bit of a weird one. And it's really sticking on the side of my tongue. <laughs> hmm. How, How was your week? Ah, beat me to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, my week's been pretty good. Um, at work, I've been uh, working uh, on a whiskey, on whiskey advert. I can't disclose, of course, what it is because it is work. Mm. But... It really made me want to have some fucking whiskey. I can't tell you. So, like, I was looking online and I was watching these debate videos from way back when. And somebody who I like listening to debate is um, the late uh, Christopher Hitchens, who sadly passed away. And uh, he was a great, 
well, he was he was a Trotskyist, but he was a, an atheist sort of uh, anti-religious sort of dude. But if you listen to any of his conversations, regardless of what you feel about his rhetoric, the way he says things are so... It, there's so much charm and class to it. And um, I remember watching this video, whilst I was, it was kind of almost coincidental. Is that they were saying, so what's your favourite whiskey? Because he was known for being quite audacious, you know. He'd have sex as much as he could, he'd drink as much as he could. Completely out and open, rambunctious lifestyle, heavy smoker, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, oh, well, Breakfast of Champions, Johnny Walker Black. And, uh, and you're like, oh, cool, so he likes Johnny Walker Black. And he's like, that's also the favourite drink of the uh, Iraqi Bathist party. So, uh, you know, oh, you can have that. So times. I was like, oh, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so Christopher Hitchens drinks Johnny Walker Black and so does, uh, so did Saddam Hussein. Um, so I got myself a bottle of Johnny Walker Black also because I actually liked what it said on the website. I, I've never had Johnny Walker before. Mm. Um, I've heard nothing but good things. I've worked on adverts before for Johnny Walker as well. It's like working on a whiskey advert nondescript of what I am doing I was like well I need to kind of try different whiskies so like I finished a bottle of Maker's Mark bourbon and I've been on like a bourbon mission recently uh, so I'm hoping to try out a bit of Johnny Walker Black see if that uh, introduces something but looking at whiskey stuff like Bullet Bourbon's probably the best bourbon I've ever had and that was about 25 to 30 quids worth the bottle mm. um Maker's Mark is always an amazing solid, always really, really good in a uh, an old fashioned, which is um, which is bourbon, uh, sugar syrup, Angostura bitters, a few dashes of uh, Mascherano cherry or whiskey cherry, whatever you, you know, what do you call it, cocktail cherries, mm. and a bit of uh, orange. And you, I've seen somebody burn uh, the orange and then kind of rim it around the glass to oh, stick yeah. it in, and yeah, it was yeah, yeah. so good. Um, but that's it. Uh, so I've been looking at whiskies as well. And I, I'm not a really big fan of single malts. Um, so I saw this Johnny Walker Black, which seems to be a good blended whiskey. It's not as expensive as the blue one, which is like 150 quid per bottle. I know, yeah. Um, and the green one seems all right, but it just seems quite nice. This is a 12-year whiskey. Uh, apparently it's quite roasted, got a bit of vanilla, uh, toffee. So kind of like a... Uh, not a not a spice rum, but a spice rum variant of whiskey almost. But apparently it's insanely popular and I can't wait to get it. It's arriving on Monday, but I I just I really want to get into more whiskeys. This is weirdly exciting in terms of drink. This is the most I've talked about drink in ages, I think. Right, yeah, yeah. I've I've actually had the black label one before. Yes. Yeah? I seem to remember it being pretty nice. The red label one's fine, it's just it's the cheap which is the cheaper one, basically. Yeah, that is the cheaper um, one. Although I'm just on the like Johnny Walker website. There are so many different ones. Yeah. Well, I was looking at green, but I know green's more expensive. And I was like, well, if I'm going to dive into Johnny Walker, I might as well go into the one which I know that people really, really seem to like, and that's black. Mm, um, mm. You know, so I was like, well, I'll jump into the world of Johnny Walker in a good way, see how they actually do it. They actually have, to, to chase the side of a Johnny Walker black, they use rosemary. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Rosemary's such an odd choice. Yeah. But if it complements the taste, why not? I mean, like... You know, whenever I was, whenever I have a um, an old fashioned, it's always orange, orange slice with uh, cherries. You have to have both. That that makes it, and that right. sugar, and it's just, oh god, I didn't have any of those this weekend. So when I finished, I came back a bit drunk on Friday. I ended up <laughs> having the rest of my Maker's Mark just with some sugar. <laughs> I didn't have anything. I didn't have Angostura bitters. Didn't <laughs> just have cherries. Added sugar into just it. added oh, sugar nice. and mixed it in ice cubes in my fridge. It was so good. <laughs> Cheap man's old fashioned, which yeah, is not right. an old fashioned at all. It's just bourbon and sugar. 
It was actually pretty damn good. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's stupid. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, I've been uh, looking at drinks and working with drinks all week. I've also been watching Star Trek a lot, and I've been trying yeah. to catch up with that. So I'm getting near the end of season one, and I'm really enjoying that so far. You, you just got to one of the more ridiculous twists in the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I just was like, what? Uh, so if anyone's watching Star Trek Discovery or isn't watching it, definitely go watch it. I've been really enjoying it so far. I've never watched Star Trek really at all, not even the feature-length films. Oh, no, I've, I've seen the feature-length films. I've seen the new ones, mm. but I've never seen any like TV show Star Trek. I, I always felt, I was saying to Ed the other day, I always felt quite claustrophobic because a lot of it was just in the ship, and I felt like there wasn't, you know, f to being in space, all you are is on a load of ship sets, and that kind of bored yeah. me a bit. This isn't like that. The uh, VFX budget must have been insane for this. Yeah, I think it's it's like watching the films. The kind of the is it Michael Bay did the films? That's it. I think um, so. Ooh, but I know, long I form. Yeah, yeah, it does. That's that's what I like about it. Like the quality is on par, if not better, in the TV show. Seriously, like it's, it's so good, and it, it only gets great. better in season two. But uh, yeah, so I've been watching Star Trek, and I've been playing because I've watched League of Courses back and Bangin. I've been playing lots and lots of Overwatch. Mm. And that has been so much fun. Also, there's a new there's a new hero out, which we'll be talking about in this week's gaming. I'm we sure we will be. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll, I'll, we'll get to that soon. What about you? What about your week? Uh, to be honest, it's been watching a lot of TV. Really, um, we recently decided that we were going to try and watch all of Game of Thrones <laughs> from the beginning before the new series starts in April. Oh, I think it starts like in April. Does April, it? yeah, April fourteenth or something like that. Um, so that's interesting because there's like 65 hours or something of Game of Thrones, which actually seems like a huge amount of stuff to watch, doesn't it? When you suddenly go, hmm, where am I going to find 65 hours? All but, on Sky. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. So it's it's really, really interesting. It's It's been almost painful to watch from the beginning, knowing what happens again, because I, I think... I bet. I can't remember whether I've actually watched them all, all the way through again, because... I'd seen them and then Kristen's I'd seen them like when they came out and then Kristen and I had ended up watching the last like two or three seasons together or whatever it was. Um, but going back to this first season, I mean, I'm, I'm still not going to spoil it for anyone, but there's just things that, you know, are coming up and you're just like, why? There's so many ways around it. Everybody's too sneaky for each other. It's really annoying. <laughs> To see those characters in the early stages when all the things are going off in their head, to know who's going to perish, who's not going to perish, and all the extra bits. Right. It's quite insane, actually, watching it back now, and seeing the star yeah, 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 yeah. and how young the cast looks. Yes, that was the biggest thing. Like, it, everybody looks so ridiculously young. Even people like Tyrion Lannister, um, just... I guess the only person that doesn't really seem to change that much is Jamie for me. I don't, I don't know why, but... Um, it's it's an odd one seeing it all from the beginning, but obviously we're only we're only kind of where are we on? we've just finished uh, episode nine of season one, so one more to go, um, which is just before we see dragons for the first time. Ah, so that that will be good. But the other thing we watched um, and we kind of binged it quite quickly um, is the Umbrella Academy. Now this is something that has kind of popped up on netflix recently it's a it's a netflix original series um it's i think the only way to describe it is kind of slightly x-men-y i was gonna say is that the superhero one yeah so so the premise really is cool. 
Yeah, it is. It really is cool. It's taken a little bit to, for me to get into, I found. But honestly, like by the end of it, I'm really, really hooked. But um, <laughs> So the premise is that on... I can't remember when it is, but... If, oh, that's the other thing. The time when this is set is not 100% clear, but, but you'll see that and why when you watch it. But it's... There's 50... There's something like 47 women give birth on the same day at the same time the only thing interesting about that is the fact that none of those women were pregnant before the day started what yeah <laughs> so then there's this eccentric billionaire that goes around and is tries to adopt as many of these kids as he possibly can he gets seven of them and they form the umbrella academy which is effectively homeschooled superheroes and they he p tries to put together a team that effectively saves is designed to save the world then it's it's really cool it's kind of um it's it's very hard to place when it's set because there's things like it's modern day and yet things like cell phones and like laptops and stuff don't seem to exist there's a lot of payphone usage uh, okay um it's very it's very strange but i guess that and there's a bit of t fair bit of time related shenanigans involved so that's probably part of it but i think it's a really good watch the the cliffhanger is fantastic at the end of the series um and it's really well put together the actors are impressive the cast is really really good gosh there's so much to watch then i've got because i kind of do want st to st catch up with game of thrones but maybe i just need to watch like the next the last few seasons because i don't think if i start now i'll catch up in time yeah this is it because we, we looked it up and apparently if you could do four hours a day you would get them done in like just over a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so we're thinking we can probably do it in the month or month and a half or whatever it is we've got left with obviously quite a bit less than that, but ideally making up for it on the weekend. So we've got to watch, try and watch at least one every day during the week and then make up for it on the weekends. Oh, so, be so the fact good. that we've we only started on like Friday and we've finished with season 1 kind of shows you what we're <laughs> we're watching really. But that's yeah, that's kind of all I've seen except for one film which was on Netflix. It's fine. Um what the hell was it called? I can't I wrote it down somewhere. Oh yeah, isn't it romantic which is with what's her face from what do you call it? Um I'm just going to have to look this up. I've totally forgotten everything about this. It's like the premise is she hates. Oh, fuck off Netflix auto playing stuff at me. Um, she hates romantic comedies. And what happens is she ends up in a romantic comedy. Hmm. Um, it's not telling me anything about it. Oh, this is so terrible. Oh, Rebel Wilson. That's the, that's who it is. There we go. She was in uh, Pitch Perfect and things like that. Okay. Um, it's it's kind of entertaining. It's it's just it's easy watching, you know. Like it's it was fine, um, and it kind of was a bit of a change of pace from everything else we've been watching, which was kind of quite dark and serious. <laughs> yeah, a little bit uh, light-hearted. There's nothing wrong yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't love it though, because it's just fine. It wasn't romantic. <laughs> no, it was stupid to be honest. But anyway. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I, the only other thing I've done is get more RAM for my PC finally. It isn't like a night and day difference. And actually, I think the biggest difference for me will be when I come to edit this podcast after we're finished recording, because I used to, I just ran out of RAM. Like everything was maxed out, just trying to even process it. So I had to wait quite a while for things to kind of load up and the effects to process and things like Ow. that. But um, hopefully doubling the RAM from 8 to 16 gigs is going to make quite a bit of difference. Here's hoping, dude. I was going to say, I know you were talking about it quite a lot last week, and I was like, mm. decisions, decisions, decisions. Like, it took me, like, three months just to get a GPU. So I hope it works, and I hope it does give you a bit more oink. I think it will do, though. Mm. Yeah, me too. I, I, there's no way it won't, because I, I've, you know, working with the Adobe stuff at work, they will eat RAM if yeah. they can. Oh, man. Oh, they do. God. Even, like, all the 3D stuff I've been doing recently, it was like, 91% GPU has been used. I'm like, all I did was turn the camera 15 degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's Fuck bonkers. Off. It's like that work as well for me, but hey. So, just something that bugs me a lot. I, I went and got my haircut yesterday, so I went to the barbers. It's, it's one of those things, and I don't know whether it's just me, but you can't book going to most barbers you can't book yeah, an appointment no. so it's just kind of rock up and hope for the best and end up sitting there for like an hour waiting to get served especially on a saturday because you're working during the week and they're generally all closed like at five yeah but it's just such a pain in the ass isn't it like is it me or is it just not like a pleasant experience necessarily I always find it a bit weird. Like, I mean, I, I go to uh, Italian barbers in Crawley and I usually get served pretty fast and you get one of two different kind of people. You either get this old guy called Lino who will, ha you know, have a chat with you and he's very Italian. So, you know, you actually have a good time and it's like, um, you know, he, you know, he doesn't know what you're talking about. Right. Um, as in, sorry, he knows he doesn't know what you're talking about in terms of like, I, t I tell him I do 3D, 2D. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, no, no, great. That, that is great. <laughs> and uh, I, I know he doesn't give a fuck, but, the fact that he continues the conversation and says, so how's the family? How's, how's the, I, I remember you said you had dogs. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, they're all doing great. And that's sort of nice. Yeah. And they'll say, and they'll say, okay, shut up for a second. I must do the back of your head. And then, you know, you kind of, <laughs> so, so there's like a ser seriousness. So actually he makes that really good. But then alternatively, I've had a barber who was utterly dead silent. Didn't even say hello. Just said, sit. And I was like, okay, fuck. And the entire thing was like unpleasant. And, the cut I got was okay, but mm. I was like, I wanted to kind of say, can you trim up the back a little bit? Can you get the sides a little bit shorter? But I didn't want to. I was just like, I, I can't be asked to see her anymore. This, it just looked like a, he had a face like a slapped ass is the best way to describe <laughs> right. it. And it just felt the entire, and everyone else was quiet as well. No one was talking. It was like, I don't know, just the entire vibe of the place that weekend was shit. I don't know if something bad had happened and it could have, I'm not one to judge in that sense, but yeah, that was, it, it, it got me nervous going back to that place weirdly if that makes sense like yeah, I was like no, oh I shit totally am I going to get, get am I going to get Stoneface or am I going to get Pasta Fajola am I going to get that dude because that was fun uh, yeah, I like, I like I a think it can be totally different depending on the person you get right but I just it's it's more like a chore than anything else I think it's just because I, I think maybe some people will like tell us otherwise and that yeah there's I've had great experiences like all the time but it's just not the case for me unfortunately yeah, that sucks. What, is that just the actual barber itself? Or is I it just the know. waiting? I just, it's, for me, it's the, the hassle of waiting around a lot and not knowing if you're going to wait around. Because I've had it sometimes where I've gone in on a Saturday morning and actually, like, I was there for, like, five minutes before it was my turn, effectively. So, I don't know. 
fuck it. Well, anyway, let's let's move on to this week in gaming. <laughs> Mainly because, and I've specifically loaded up Overwatch to get kind of the skill set of Bastion, uh, not ba- Bastion, Baptiste, <laughs> um, in front of me. So, shall we start with that? Oh, yeah, please. I've had so much fun with this new champion. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you want to just give us a rundown of how you feel about it? Um, so I was playing Batiste in a PTR, and it was fun. Like, uh, I mean, everyone who knows me knows my Overwatch experience. I love playing Anna, and I love playing Junkrat. Oh, sorry. So Batiste has the this... Basically, he's got a gun which has two modes, and I know that you're gonna. What? What? what well, I'll describe basically what I know, mm. and then you can describe looking at his abilities what they actually are, because that'll be great. Because we get both yep. sides. So he has a three-shot burst, which is kind of like the assault rifle in Halo, which I loved. Yes. Um, and then you've got this right-click grenade, this like healing grenade. Now I am an absolute monster with grenades. I know I can hit a widow with junk rat because I'm mm-hmm. fucking accurate. And as Anna, I always get good bio grenades. I'm just really good at judging that distance. So to have a healer that has that, and yeah, I can right. also attack them. So that's the amazing thing. I'm always frustrated of sitting there healing teammates. And every, I know it's quick play and everyone just wants to practice attack heroes. And that's fine. And that's good. But some games, I'm like, I've been doing this for like two hours. I've got to shoot something. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so to be able to have that. So he, that's his gun. You've got right click, which is heal, left click, which is the three burst thing. If you aim for someone's neck, the recoil mostly gets me headshots. It's mm. hilarious. So it goes, and I've, I've never missed a target when I've done that. Um, so you've also, so your shift ability is a heal. And it's called like something burst, but to be yeah, honest. Regener- regenerative yeah, burst. Exactly. But it doesn't feel like a burst. It's more like a, a build up over time. So it does about 150 health. So everyone was low. Um, we went to a team fight. People took a load of damage. I did regenerative, regenerative burst. And it wasn't like an Anna grenade, which is like there and it just yeah. works it's beautiful um which is i think which is what will work in the future so if you actually run anna batiste you've got an immediate heal from anna and then you've got a gener- regenerative heal from batiste which would be fantastic yeah. however his main thing is his ultimate and his uh immortality field now yeah. i'll talk about the boots shortly because the boots are amazing um so the immortality field this is something i'll say to everyone who's going to play overwatch soon so he drops this field this immortality field that has this little drone above you there's a little area of effect and that means that you do not go below something like 25 health for the entire time that you're in there you yeah. can negate ultimates you can do some ridiculous stuff so like i had a hanzo jump up to, up to me and because it's PTR and he'd just been began, nobody didn't really know how to do it. We were like, well, can we dispel this? That seems a bit OP. Mm. Um, so I was just chucking down the orbs and emoting and just letting people shoot mm. me in the face. It was really funny. But then I realised you can shoot the turret that creates the, zip, the zero yeah. health thing. So what that did was when I played a few PTR games and people wisened up to that fact, I started using it reactionary. So we went in, Hanzo did this massive ult, Doomfist was doing his stuff, and I chucked down my grav shield, uh, grav shield? my immortality shield, and everyone survived, and I used my shift. Um, in order to beat other Batistes, the best way to do is let them bring up their immortality field first, shoot theirs down and then chuck yours on the ground immediately and then shoot theirs. You'll always have an advantage against another yep. Batiste. So yeah, Immortality Field is absolutely insane. What I love it, even... Oh, go on. I, I just think it's it's bonkers. I mean, I haven't tried it in practice with, with the Immortality Field, but it's... This whole kit of his is just insane, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the one thing I have seen work against him is Doomfist because Doomfist can knock people out 
of that range, of that field. And ah, if you knock okay. someone out of that field and they're 25 health, they're going to die immediately. Mm. Or if the entire team focuses down that turret, that immortality field is not going to be up for long. So mm. it is great, and the immortality field has a lot of health, but if you take it down as a group, it's actually not as strong as people think it is. I think it's going to be a massive game changer, but I think if you're wise enough, it's not going to be too bad. <laughs> um, finally, the ultimate. Do you have the name for the ultimate? Yeah, it's the Amplification Matrix. Project a matrix that doubles the damage and healing effects of allied projectiles. Oh, it is so sexy. Um, <laughs> we are at this clutch point, and, uh, and I was there with a soldier and a Hanzo, and I said, wait with your storm arrow, Hanzo, because we'll burst down the shield, because they had a Zarya, a Reinhardt, and a Roadhog. And we had Bastion, by the way, as well, which makes that twice as worse. Right. And I chucked it up, chucked down the immortality field, and I've never seen a group of people burn through shields and burn through three tanks so far. They died in two seconds. It was, it was, zing, brr, bang, they're dead. And it just went, um, team kill, because they also killed everyone else. Hanzo worked his way around inside the amplification thing so he could shoot Widow up the top. Somebody right. jumped behind me, and this is what I thought was excellent. They, uh, a tracer got in behind us. I went through the amplification field, turned around, and shot her through the amplification field right, and that's it killed it, her in one Because I was just tick. playing, literally just chesting it out right now. And it's it's a bit odd. Everything has to go through the shield, effectively. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I can't can't wait to see what professional Overwatch players will do with this. I know. It's going to be... Re obviously, we're going to have to wait <laughs> quite a while for that to come up into the... To the um, Absolutely, yeah. League, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Overwatch League. I reckon it'll come maybe to stage three, stage four. But mm. um, and finally, and then I'll let you describe the actual abilities so we can go into it a bit more in depth. Mm. The rocket boosts. So yes. you could, the rocket boots, if you hold down control, it will wind up this little beam and then you hit spacebar and you jump up. So you can basically frog everywhere as someone. I watched a YouTube video and someone was talking about frogging it. And I was like, yeah, that's true. But frogging someone means sticking your fingers down their throat to make them wretch. So it's not really... <laughs> Okay. I'd say boosting, <laughs> boosting everywhere. And because Lucio's had a uh, reduction in speed, Bustio is no longer a thing. So Batiste and Bustio are going to have a competition. But being able to jump up in the air, three burst someone down, and then chuck down an immortality field is great because you're actually really hard to hit with that thing. And you've got mobility, which Anna does not. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's something that I've found really interesting. And I've only ever played him on the um, shooting range, uh, what practice range or whatever we're calling it. Mm. Um, and I ha so I haven't tried an actual oh, game. Try no limits. You'll you'll enjoy okay. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's all Batistes, but it's hilarious. So the, the the interesting thing I've found is just talking about the jump thing is that actually you can hold down the charge for it. It's a left control, and let go for a few seconds before it disappears. So you can like charge it when you're undercover, effectively run around the corner and then launch yourself out if you needed to. I did not know that, actually. So That's wicked. I'm, I'm going to try it now. Hang on. So hold it down. Let go. Two seconds before before the charge maybe disappears. Maybe it's a bit less, but it's about two seconds. That's actually really, really good because you can use that as a preemptive before you go into a team fight. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see how this works out in actual games but so far so, so if i just quickly run down the actual abilities um three round burst left click right click is a lob a healing projectile that heals all the allies near the impact now i've noticed that it doesn't tend to explode on impact at this person so you can't shoot someone with it i think you've got to hit the ground with it right uh, 
I didn't know that was a thing. I've shot it at people and it's worked. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it Excuse depends me. if they've actually got any health. Hang on, let me just see. Ah, yeah, okay. So if they're full health, it'll go straight through them. Okay. Bit like bit like Anna's stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, but if you aim it at the ground, obviously it explodes. But you do not get healed yourself. Which is curious. I think it's actually quite good that they do that because that the kit that Batiste has is massive. It also means that it, much like the rest of the core, you have to watch him as well, which is why I think Anna Batiste would be an incredible matchup mm. because an Anna can focus that Batiste and he can then focus everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you basically have no self-heal at all, I don't think. Oh, no, okay. Your shift does heal you. That's interesting. And here's the exciting thing. Amplification field and nano boost. Okay, that would be mm -hmm. concerningly horrifying. Yeah, that, read the rest of them, please. Sorry, I cut so, you off. No, no, no. Um, so, yeah, the his Q is the amplification matrix, which, as we've said, kind of doubles everything going through it. But And it goes both ways, which is nice. You kind of place it a bit like Symmetra's wall or Maze yeah. Ice wall, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, You've either got straight on or the, blur, the other one. Yeah, kind of. You can place it sideways and stuff, haven't you? But... Um, so the left shift is activate to heal yourself and nearby allies over time. That kind of feels a bit like uh, Lucio's healing healing aura, is it, or whatever it is that he's got? Kind of, yeah. It is like that. It is like that. So that's interesting, but obviously it feels a bit more, like, I mean, like it says, regenerative burst. It, it's a bit more bursty than Lucio's thing because that's kind of more like a passive thing. Yes. Really. Um, and finally, we've got the Immortality Field, which, as you said, I hadn't I realized it can be destroyed because obviously being in just the uh, practice range, you can't generally yeah. get things destroyed. So that's that's interesting. And it has, has a lot of health, you say. It has quite a bit of health. I don't think you can armor it, which is mm -hmm. quite nice. But if you put down the um, Immortality Field, you should see a drone above it and it should give yeah. you a little health pool. But it's quite, it's quite an extensive health pool for what it is. But then I guess it kind of, you oh, have yeah, to have something yeah. or else, you know... They, they, I think the balance with this character is right at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, Absolute like I say, be very interesting to see it, like, actually in real life as such with, with all the other characters in place. Um, mm. And then, obviously, then there's the boots, but they're going to be interesting, I think, just to see where you can end up getting yourself. Yes. Because I'm not yeah, sure yeah. whether it's, 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 like, for getting to new places or getting out of places because i guess if you're up higher that makes it easier with the grenade thing to get at other people well this is this is what i'm looking forward to with it because as anna it's frustrating when you have a widow and a hanzo jump onto a higher quadrant mm. that you can't get to and i say can you guys at least keep in range don't complain about healing because we should have like a mercy or someone be able to get up there as right. batiste anna can focus on anyone on the ground and if someone goes up high you can jump up there to help them out and i think that's really important because he's ranged it gives you that incentive to stay back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't. I think he's going to be very effective in the front lines because generally, if you kind of aim for the head, it's kind of two clicks and done. Yeah, especially um, with squishies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I can't remember how much health these robots but have in the with, practice with the range, shield but... meter. I have no idea. I wonder what they're going to do because yeah. goats is so popular in Overwatch League at the moment, and it's it's exciting in its own way, but it's also kind of boring. Mm, I think it's just going to be fun. I also like how they've um, combined him with the Paris match uh, map, even, which is because he is he's meant to be a French guy, right? I thought he was Haitian 
Oh um, yeah, okay. And they do speak French. Speak French, I guess. Okay, um, that's what that's so what's that's, that's what I kind of got an idea of. However, I do think the Paris map is an interesting one. I found I've had really good games on Paris, and I've had some shit games on Paris. I haven't actually had a chance to play it at all yet. Um, oh. So what what do you think of it compared to? Because obviously we've not that long ago had was it Venice the most recent one? Uh, Rialto, yeah. Rialto, yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much is Venice. Yeah. So so what's it like as so a map Paris, to play? Uh, Paris as a map to play is a very weird one. There's the first when you're attacking, the choke sucks. Um, there's this very narrow corridor, kind of like Rialto, but actually mm. it's smaller than Rialto. You have this tiny corridor to get across. Opposite that corridor is a raised platform. So if you have an Arissa there, a good Arissa, and somebody around the side, um, you can just keep an attacking team there for as long as you like. However, the only downside to defending is that if you die once, the point is so close to the spawn that it's actually quite easy to overcome. Like, I, I went as Junkrat. I tried to go as Bastion. I, I just did not survive at all. Uh, mm. Farrah was coming over this other ledge bit, which you can ex you can enter. So our Widowmaker took her out, and I thought, fuck it. Went Junkrat, jumped straight into them, and just clobbered them all to death. I killed about three people, then died. The rest of the team cleared up and then they just took the point because it took them so long to get back to the point, whether it took me no time at all. By the time I was back to the point capping it or helping them cap the last segment of it, um, they were still halfway running uh, uh, back. So that first point is actually really shit for the defending team. Right. Um, I'm sure they'll tweak stuff if it needs it. I wonder. I really hope so because it's quite tough. However, the defending point at the end, it's so large there's such a large space like there's corridors on all three sides so you can approach the last point any way you want um however that's the thing so if you fight on the point there's a big fountain in the middle or something similar um as an attacking team if you're all ranged you have an advantage immediately i find because you can you can flank anywhere you like um so i think again it's a really really tough thing to defend overall i found it quite difficult to defend but then it depends if you keep them there's like a space in between the first point and the second point where there's this big gate and there's only two ways to get you either have to go through the main gate which is a big funnel it's even strip more strict than mm. that first loop or you have to go around the side near the water so lucio can boot people into the water if you keep them there as defense it's so hard to attack so to be honest it's quite well balanced but i find that it really depends on which part of the map you're playing against if you're attacking that first little X, that first little run through is murderous and it sucks. But if you can beat them there, you have a much better time of it. If they are all locked up at the gate, that's going to hurt you. Unless you can take out the supports, you're going to have a real shit time. Um, but otherwise, if they're all on that first point, you're going to have an easy time capturing it. If they're all sat on the end point, you're also going to have an easy time to capture it because it just, I don't know. I, I'd love to hear other people's. If you have, if anyone else has any opinion on Paris, please write in, please say something because I'd love to hear what you guys think about. Paris, I've only I've played it quite a bit, but you know, at the same point, it's a very weird map. Um, there's upsides and downsides to either, but I'd say when I first started it, whilst we were getting used to it, it was way more advantageous, advantageous sorry, for attack. Mm, okay, once that's I got used to it, the fence started we... cracking out. But I think that was the case in Blizzard World as well, like for quite a while. That's still a hard map, dude. That yeah. first point is so tough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talking of 
the first point being tough. How has the Overwatch League been doing? So the Overwatch League has been... What we've had recently is we've had a lot of GOATS comp, which is Zaya, Reinhardt, or Winston, uh, Zenyatta, Lucio, and then you've got... Um, fuck. <laughs> Two other characters who I've completely forgotten, but basically <laughs> they've, they've gone with the same comp for most games because it is the current meta, so it's the current mm. big cheese to go for. Um, but teams are starting to find ways around it. So teams are developing that are seen as the best GOATS comp teams. Mm. Um, and what's interesting is when the Spitfire went in, of course, being a London Spitfire fan, I'm going to talk about them. We lost the first two matches of our opening weekend and it was embarrassing um, because they just didn't know the meta. They, it looked like they hadn't practiced it at all. But what's interesting about these Korean teams is that they come back and within a week, we've won every match since that weekend, that opening weekend. So at the moment, we are fifth in the playoffs, but you only get like six or seven matches before the stage playoffs and there's four stage playoffs altogether. Because there's so many more teams, you don't play the same team often. So it's interesting how they've changed things around. However... Uh, so we might have a chance at stage playoffs. Of course, New York Excelsior crushing it at the top. But it is interesting. Um, yeah, I think Spitfire are doing okay. So that's my Spitfire report. Mm. Um, we'll see how we win. We've got to play against... We're playing against Seoul Dynasty and we're playing against Shanghai Dragons. And those are the last two maps before we enter the playoff stages. Um, so far, you know, it's, it's story as it goes. New York XL smashing as they usually do. They just come out strong. They know the comps. They know what they're doing. They've got really strong line. Um, but if, for anyone who really wants to look at anything Overwatch League updatey or anything like that, please watch the Dafran play. So they're on Hollywood and there's this lift on Hollywood, right? And Lucio and Zaya are on this lift and the entirety of the Paris Eternal are through the gate, are through the main gate. They're all bunched up on the mm. gate and they wanted to get the drop on them. So at the top of the lift, Lucio did a boost. Dafran managed to um, kind of use his right click to boost himself along the roof. And they both dropped right down onto the Paris Eternal and <laughs> used a grab. And that just completely put everyone in a disarray. And I'm, I'm going to put, I might, we might put it in the show notes, but I'm going to definitely show you after the uh, show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But you could hear the crowd go nuts. And afterwards, they asked them, they're like, hey, so how did you conjure that? Was it in scrims, which is like their practice? It's like, no, we just saw it on Reddit and we thought it would give it a go because it looked good. <laughs> and, and it's those sort of things which make it uh, the Overwatch League so electrifying. So even in this current boring meta, well, I say boring meta, a lot of people like it because you do change. I'm seeing a lot more changes recently um, and seeing things that people want to kind of play around with. It is kind of cool to see those plays still happening and see something which does bring a bit of vibrancy. So um, definitely watch Toronto Defiant because they seem quite fun. Yeah, it's been, I've just looked at the, the standings though and, and actually we, so we being London Spitfire, are sixth in the standings Oh, we're currently. sixth. Um, that's probably because we haven't played our next match. Yeah, possibly. Um, but that's, you know, sixth out of 20 teams now. So that's not bad. Yeah, and we've only lost two games. All. That's the weird thing. We've lost two games. And I think also it's map differential. If you lose a map and another team four O's every week, they're going to be put higher stake, even if you've got the same uh, mm. same win-loss ratio. Kind of like the Premier League. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to WoW very quickly. Um, yeah, so, sorry, because I've been waffling. No, no. Um, it's been fun talking about Overwatch for a change, because actually I don't tend to play it that much these days um so bit of ptr news um we 
have portal rooms live on the PTR, so you can actually see the full portal rooms. They look stunning. I haven't actually been in there myself, but the, from the screenshots, video. yeah, mm. they look wonderful. Um, we've also actually got the 50 character limit per server, so you can have all of your characters on one server if you want. That's going to be great. It will be great, but right now it's annoying because I would love to have my characters all on one server, but I can't be asked to spend stupid money transferring them. If they made it like three quid per transfer, I probably would get more characters across, way more characters across. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting so if they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they, if they like drastically discounted it just for like this first weekend it's out, that'd be interesting to see how many people actually do that. Well, just why? It's, why does it cost a video game to transfer a character? Yeah. It's in this day and age, that's just over the top. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the only other thing that's kind of interesting is there's quite a bit more uh, Kulturan and Zandalari customization options on there. So Tattoos and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and some curious stuff like I think there was scars that you can add to your face as well, which is quite cool. Um, I'm kind of frustrated with the whole allied race thing. Um, I will be doing a new druid shortly. Um, the plan is do a horde druid and nice. so i can actually level that up from scratch this will be um as part of the world of warcast naked and afraid three where they're doing all druids and that's that's it like you basically can only pick a druid you <laughs> naked can... and afraid yeah as in no heirlooms no gold no support no nothing start from scratch and just see who can level the fastest that's cool um and so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a horde druid because I love playing my druid. So this, but I can't. I just I'm not really kind of feeling any of my other horde characters that I've got currently to then go into it. Yeah. So I may as well do this, have fun with it, and then see the horde side. But I want to do a Zandalari druid. Like I want the I want the troll forms from the Zandalari. But to get them, I have to have had a horde character in the first place. Yeah, I really hate how they've done the allied things. Like the fact that I've now got Dark Iron and I've got the Maghar and it's taken, it took me a month each to get those. I was like, why is that a major point of this expansion? Why are you forcing people to spend this much time to get things that should have been released with it? It's a time sink because they want the sub money. And that mm. seems like an Activision issue, not a Blizzard issue. Because I don't think that they, I think they would have been like, because they have in the past, they'd be like, hey, check out the new Blood Elves. You can use them immediately. Yeah. That, that, that's the entire point and i know that sounds really ranty but that is a fucking legit rant no i i, I agree i think f for i appreciate the fact that we have to unlock some of the allied races yeah but for i get this that. one with like the culturians and the zandalari i feel like kind of that should be part of this expansion i don't and I don't that's know. a lot of stuff to gain you have to do lots of achievements and quests for those I mean, I, yeah, I still have haven't got everything. the Kul'Tearns. Yeah, I haven't got the Kul'Tearns. Sorry for my sneezing, um, sniffing. But I might have the Zandalari. I still won't have the Kul'Tearns because I've not got a Proudmoor Admiralty. I've not even concentrated on Proudmoor Admiralty mm. at all. I don't even think I've got it, you know. Um, I, I'm just going to go check, but I, I might have it. Not even on Bob. I think that's the thing. When I get my Dark Iron to uh, level 120... I don't even know if I'm really going to play them after I reach that. I might just start something new. I mean, to be honest, all of this is just gearing me up to classic and mm. I can't wait. I'm so excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. The, the thing that I'm curious about with classic is, are we all going to be starting from scratch? I assume so. I, I think so. Yeah, I think it's will start from scratch and they'll have world servers and it'll be sharded for the first few weeks and then everyone will be grouped together. 
I'm going to be annoyed if we're sharded. Because I like it when you go somewhere and there is a stupid number of players there. Because now I never see any fucker. Like, there's literally no people around anywhere because of the sharding. I think so you'll be I okay for the first few weeks because, you know, if you need to kill 10 boars and there's no boars because they're all dead and you've got mm. 50 level ones, I can understand that for the first two weeks. However, if they do that in the city, that's where I'll be very disappointed. I think they yes. should have a few servers with lots of people on it. Even mm -hmm. if it crashes, I'd, I'd prefer it crashing if there's 40 people versus 40 people. Right. But there's yeah. loads of people there because that is what Classic was about. It was you get a Taran mill, you try and kill someone and you die unapologetically because of latency issues and you get really yeah. stressed and it's great fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've just checked. I don't have Exalted with Proud More Admiralty. I am 15,000 out of 21 on that. The only one I'm actually exalted with is Seventh Legion, so I couldn't even do a kill tier in one if I wanted to. Fuck. Eh. That sucks. That's fine. I so I've, I'm just gonna do a, a a normal troll. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. watch out for the voodoo. <laughs> so, any other gaming stuff you want to talk about just before we move on? Nah, no, nah, I think I've kind of exhausted it for now. I've been enjoying a bit of uh, Origins. What do you call it? Um, Oh, I think Apex. you were just Apex, that's it. I've been playing a bit of Apex today. But I'm still finding it a bit tough. Like, I managed to shotgun someone in the face and down them, and that was fun. And then three people came out of nowhere and just killed me with pistols. Right. So I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, I had that literally earlier today. Um, my squad and I were doing pretty well. Like, we ended up accidentally kind of landing where there were, like, a load of other people. Um, we managed to take out a few people. We kind of all got eventually got geared up. Um, and then about... Two minutes later, we all just died. Like it was like, yeah, we got this. We killed, we killed like two or three squads between us or something, and then and then it just went to shit from other people. So there we go. <laughs> but it's good fun. Anyway, moving on to movie and TV news. So what's in the news today? So uh, the one of the things that we've both recently seen is the X Men Dark Phoenix trailer. It's pretty intense looking. Um, yeah, it did look intense. I'm I'm kind of excited about this actually. I I actually really enjoyed the last couple of X Men films that we've had um, with the younger cast. Um, it's quite nice to see the slightly different origin stories because obviously we've all seen the the Wolverine story like a hundred times near enough now. Um, but some of this kind of the other characters are really really interesting to see. Um, the the destruction that Dark Phoenix causes, it just in the trailer is very interesting. It is cool. It's cool to see there was a spacey sort of thing going on there. Mm, I'm yeah. like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, the jet ends up in space somehow. I don't know what's going on and with that's, that. And that, they're still in the 60s, so that's interesting. Mm. I wonder if they'll have like an Apollo <laughs> yeah. thing happen. That kind of throws me a bit, I will be honest. But it does look cool. It does look intense. And I like that. Sansa Stark is going fucking nuts and destroying stuff. Absolutely. I'm just going to look up when um, this film is out. Please do. Uh, we are looking at a 7th of June release date for the US. So I don't know. I guess we'll be similar. Some, some, oh. So summer release, basically. Um, that is luckily for them about a month after the Avengers will be out. So hopefully that's not they... too bad. Yeah, that's a good idea. Should now, have an okay box office. Go on. The unsurprising news of Netflix cancelling the final two Marvel shows, uh, so that's Jessica Jones and The Punisher, uh, one of which, Jessica Jones, hasn't even released its last season yet. 
Um, this isn't surprising at all. They've cancelled everything else. I think I've mentioned this before. Um, that it was kind of expected. It is unfortunate, but unsurprising given some other news that we've had is that Kevin Feige, uh, the Marvel showrunner, basically, he has said to Collider that the new Disney Plus Marvel TV shows are going to be a huge part of the aftermath of Endgame. As in, they will have continuity with the films or something. It's not clear because they haven't actually confirmed what shows are going to exist, and I'm not surprised they haven't, because spoilers, I guess, for Endgame. Um, we do know, however, that there will be a Loki TV show cool. on Disney+. Plus. Now, I heard something about that it was going to actually be based around his appearances throughout time in history. So, like, every episode could be him at a different point in time throughout human history. So, like, he could be back with the cavemen and, like, the cave paintings and all that. And just, it, it'd be interesting to see how they go with this. But the fact that he's saying how important they will be, all these TV shows, and it's definitely multiple, is very, very interesting. Wow. We've, we've also already talked about how we're unlikely to subscribe to Disney+. Plus, So they yes. <laughs> better actually make it worth the effort because otherwise... And we can't be the only ones that I'm I'm going to bother actually subscribing to this. Yeah, I'm going to find it by other means. Mm. <laughs> yes. Uh, slightly related, I guess, because we're talking about superheroes still. Aquaman 2 has got a December 2022 release date. This is Gosh. crazy saying years like this. Um, that is not surprising in the slightest. It, what's surprising to me is that it's three years away. Yeah, in that fact, is three and a half a years long away. Time. That's a long time. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess that's fine. That's weird, man. I'm not really sure what else is in the DC movie schedule between now and then. Um, but we know Suicide Squad is being worked on. Yeah. But it won't include Will Smith as whatever is Dead Eye, is it? Or Deadshot? Yes, oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently Will Smith has stepped away from James Gunn's Suicide sequel um, which is theoretically an amicable separation due to scheduling issues um, it's not clear actually how many characters will return from the first film but we can assume Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn will considering she has got her own spin-off films and she was a, pretty much the best character from that film so that'll be interesting What's what I like is that James Gunn is doing this film i'm curious to see what happens with that that'll be cool uh mr mr smith your contract is still with us what what ha ha ha, ha. stop scuttling away <laughs> so james gunn also is actually they're using his script for guardians of the galaxy 3 which Ooh. i think is promising so it should still have that kind of feel that we were used to with guardians which is nice he also did uh, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Yes. Did you see the that Scooby-Doo? Scooby-Doo. Oh, the scriptwriter. Ah. Wait, what? It was the scriptwriter of writing the scripts for Tromeo and Juliet, the specials, Scooby-Doo, and its sequel, Scooby-Doo 2. It's a screenwriter. Oh. Initially. Okay. Sorry, you were saying? Uh, I was saying something. I don't know. I have no idea what I was just saying. Bollocks! 
Anyway, the uh, only other piece of movie and TV news I have is that Star Trek Discovery has got a season three greenlit, which is fantastic Yeah, which means I've got more to watch. And also that means that by the time we do watch it, we'll both be watching it together. We can actually talk about it by weekly. Yeah, maybe. absolutely. Um, and actually, I'm so slow at watching season two that you'll probably catch me up. So so we'll get to that. But what are, I like you is... A, you are on yeah. a uh, binge of uh, yeah. Game of Thrones, though. I don't really have any time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm watching anything, it's Game of Thrones because we have so much to get through. Um, I like the fact that it's being greenlit before season two is finished. That's really, really good to look forward to. Also, you said that it's even bigger and bombastic in season two than season one. I, I'm loving oh, yeah. season one already. This is that's like, really fr- good news. From to the me. first episode, I was like, "Yeah, their budget's bigger. They have got <laughs> so much more money to spend." There's, it's hard to tell you what exactly it is, but there's just that kind of slightly more diversity in the that jump in production value. Yeah, and, and there's there's like new new creatures and aliens that you see almost immediately. The ship feels bigger because they're showing you more of it. Oh, cool. Um, things it's it's just good. It's really, really good. And I do know that actually this is kind of part of a bigger push for Star Trek TV shows because there is a um, Patrick Stewart Star Trek coming back awesome. at some point. Um, Make which, it so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it has been made so. He chose to do it, so there we go. Uh, I don't know any more details about that. They are out there. I just haven't looked them up. Corbin's, fair enough. Uh, any other movie stuff that you want to talk about? Uh, no, I still want to see the um, the dragons one. What's it called? How to Train Your Dragon, but oh, I've still yeah. not seen it. I think I'll probably be missing it because I don't know. I'm, I'm back next weekend, actually, in Sussex. Mm. So if it's still out, I'm watching it next weekend. And I hope yeah, to if it, because... if it's not, we'll watch something else. Because I love those films. They were so good, and I've been looking forward to it, but I just had no reason to... I've, well, I've just not scoped out the local cinemas yet, so that's mostly my fault. Anyway, yeah, yeah that's yeah, about you it. Do that. that's, that's, that's my film news. That's, that's it. Good job there, Ed. Yeah. Well, let's jump into something that you probably know more about, which is our tech news this week. Which, which is isn't that, almost... isn't that hilarious because I do CGI and I know fuck all about the film news this I week. I know, right? I know, <laughs> honestly. Just fucking, I, well, that would just give me more incentive for next time. Yeah. But yes, on to... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, do you want to talk us through the SpaceX Dragon launch that we've had recently, if you know what's going on? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, man, I've been so excited about this. I've actually, I was thinking about it last night. Um, so I watched the Dragon launch. So this is the um, SpaceX's planned man launch, the first, like, man launch using their Dragon space capsule. And the idea of uh, yesterday, or I think a few days ago, was a test. They wanted to get do a test to see if they can uh, get the uh, um, this Dragon capsule to merge with the ISS. Actually, it could be today or it could be tomorrow that it might make it because they've got like it's a few there. days in. Or, oh, it's there now. It's actually li- it's actually literally so earlier today. Oh, then there we go. Then I haven't seen that. That's probably why. Then that's incredible. So what they did was they were like, well, we need to launch this into space and land the rockets back onto their platforms and get them there safely. And it's amazing because they had so many different cameras. Also, they had cameras for the different phases, and that was just electrifying to watch. So when you watch this, it looks like it looks like one of those neo-futurism, um, you know, a rocket that you could imagine the '60s having mm. written down on paper. It looks beautiful. Um, what was interesting was when they they launched a successful launch, and as it was going up, Max Q for the Apollo projects were like 14 
kilometers, 15 kilometers. Max Q is when the most dynamic pressure is being applied to the ship as it's going up. So what they tend to do is they tend to go up at a certain speed and then they'll throttle down when they hit max Q, which is basically when the most pressure's on it and that's the most stressed the construct is at. And then mm. when they pass max Q, they throttle up for the rest of the journey and then they do the next phase of the, the boosters. Um, but the, the max Q was at like 10 kilometers up. That's like nothing, which makes me think, how fast are those fucking rockets? And Very. are they the new are they the new rockets, which are just like overly insane? Do you think how big the Saturn V rocket was to get the Apollo up? Apollo 11, that is. I mean, I mean, they, I don't know how many times Saturn failed, but I don't think it failed at all unless it was part of Challenger or Columbia. But like, yeah, it was a successful launch. And now we have a confirmed successful docking, you were saying, with the ISS. So it's yeah. So, so the actual launch was a couple of days ago. What happens is the it gets up to a certain height. The uh, Crew Dragon capsule, which is effectively the top and a quarter of the rocket mm. in the pod. Uh, that gets launched off, that goes up into space. The Falcon 9 Heavy um, drives itself back down to Earth, lands on and a ship lands. in the ocean, <laughs> and then gets recovered, ready to be reused again. It's uh, it's bonkers. Honestly, that was the most crazy thing. And you see it, there was a camera um, right next to the, the first stage rocket boost, and you can see, like, you see all the ropes and things that are, like, keeping mm. it together, and then you just see it detach and fall away, and then it boosts off. Yeah. And then just before the uh, the main capsule is released into space, because it was at night, you see the main the main capsule that the main last booster like just d- d- detach away, and it was actually really creepy because the the Earth looked like a black hole. Oh, right. And you and you just saw. I'll I'll send you that later. So I've got to send you two videos now. Um, but there was this one where you basically see the circle of the. Uh, the detached booster just kind of fall back to earth mm. and it was so beautiful to watch that and then as as you said here in the show notes that there's also a little plushy globe on board to show when it hit weightlessness and you see this thing rise off so the sea so funny oh so cool what would you say the um the dummy was called so the dummy is called ripley um it's Believe effectively it to me that is from alien right like as in <laughs> ripley from alien um it may not be, but I know SpaceX and their namings. It's it's Ripley from Alien. Um, so Ripley is designed to kind of be that fake human on board, and there's loads of sensors on it, um, and they will be experimenting with it from the data that it provides. The idea is that NASA is effectively assessing: is it safe to send people in this this with the, this method of, of rockets and stuff? Because also Boeing are going to be doing their tests they, very they shortly. They just had a shitload more money pumped into them. What like yeah. They had twice as much money than they NASA did, yeah. gave SpaceX. Which is interesting because SpaceX are getting more things done quicker. So why have they given Boeing this much and not SpaceX? I wonder if it's because SpaceX have said, we can do it in this amount of time. That's, that's it. So, so what happened was they actually were able to ask for how much money they wanted and SpaceX asked for less. Okay, fair enough. Oh, that makes sense, and that's fine. So that's why there was, because I think it was something like 2.3 or something that's billion to, to SpaceX and 4.9 to Boeing or something. But the fact that these are bringing, because um, usually we went up into space via the Soyuz, so mm. I think this is like the first few times, this will be the first time in a very long time that a manned spaceflight will take off from American shores, no? Yeah. it's Because usually it's, we go via the Russians now, it, don't it we? Is, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is, and it's something like 85 million a seat to go up in the Soyuz so that's which is insane and I don't know what the cost for Tesla to per per seat is but 
Tesla, SpaceX, same thing. <laughs> um, but that I'm sure there will be a difference in that because it's all fully reusable. That's the point. Like I that's just, that's how they keep the cost it's down. It's so exciting. I love their videos because they have they show everything from the ground up, and I think it's so important because it will also get a lot of the younger people talking about SpaceX and getting them into space. We're in such an exciting time, yeah. and it's so awesome. Like we've not gone to the moon yet in our in our lifetime. Um, we weren't born when that happened, and I wonder if we'll be. I think we will in our lifetime go back to the moon, and to have that with like 4K cameras. Oh my God! Can you imagine? Like Space Camp? Oh, it's going to be good. It's yeah. going to be good. So talking about SpaceX and Tesla. Yes, um, the Tesla Model 3 is actually for sale at $35,000, which was the entire point from the beginning. Um, it actually isn't over the top. No, that's that's the point. The, the idea of the, the Model 3 was to be the affordable, in air quotes, um, electric car, because obviously... Uh, Elon Musk's goal is for everybody to drive electric cars. Like, obviously, that's it. They want to sell them. And Teslas have been out of the price range of many, many people, let's say. Like, there's, you know, I think it was something like 50 to 100K. Yeah. Depending on which one you went for. Um, but now they have managed to do what they set out to do, which is bring the price down to 35,000 US dollars. And they've achieved this by closing all but a couple of their high traffic retail stores and i say retail stores as in literally you it's more of a showroomy thing um now all their sales are online you literally go on the tesla website and buy it like you would almost shopping on amazon that's that already existed but it's pretty bonkers for me to be able to buy a car online just like that having bought a car fairly recently and how painful that was like yeah i'd love to be able to do this <laughs> um the nice thing is that in some states in the US, and I think California is one of these, is that there are still some tax incentives in place, which means the car could be as little as $26,000 for you. That's pretty damn good. Which is insane for for a Tesla. Like, Yeah, we could get that on rent. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of another six months or so until uh, Europe and the UK get this um, and, and the rest of the world, but... They've also actually cut the prices across the board. So it's not just the Model 3's prices that went down. It's kind of mm. the, the Model S and the Model X as well. So yes. it's it's interesting. It's It makes a very compelling argument for them. Uh, moving on then, I guess the other things we've, we've kind of got to talk about is uh, some really fast storage standards that have been set. But before we do that, do you want to talk about the power line adapters that you went for? <laughs> Yeah, so um, I was getting a bit annoyed with my wireless adapter because I felt it was either getting overheated or it was getting overdone. And I know that, of course, I'm in a house with other people, so the internet is going to be a bit worry at times. But I was like, I wanted to actually see what power line adapters do um, and see how it actually works. Because, you know, everything in this house is on the same ring, I think, of electricity, or we're all grouped up in the same thing. So I, I, bu I bought these power line adapters, plugged one in, chucked it into the modem, and then chucked one into my computer upstairs. A plug and play it was immediate and it's so different so usually i'd be getting about 60 to 80 no sorry 70 to 90 ms on my wireless dongle mm. and it would drop out often and it would be quite over the top like it wasn't a bad it's not a bad dongle at all i think for the fact that i got it in like less than two days because i had no idea about power line adapters it served me so well but this is yeah. another game. Like, this is so amazing. The fact that I could have in the future my box in one room have really good internet and just 
I could have my computer anywhere so long as there's a plug socket. That has opened up so many possibilities to me. And I, I'm still gobsmacked by it. Like I look at it and I'm like, I, I'm so glad I've got this thing. I cannot wait to have this. And it also means that if I have a battle station, that I, like that's one of my dream things to have is like, not necessarily my own flat, but my own battle station. I'm a single guy. Like, I, don't have, I don't have a partner. I've got to have something to look forward to. And that is definitely something I'd like to design my own kind of battle station. But to be able to do that without the necessary thing of how far is this cable going to go to the modem is such a relief. It has changed so much. And I don't know if actually there's any dropout of speed unless you're directly connected to the box. It doesn't feel like there's anything. Well, I so I have power line adapters. Um, the main reason for that is I have to go. Th it's it's all of like 15 meters or less away, like 10, maybe 10 meters at most to the actual box. But there are two doors in the way. Yeah. Um, and that would be running a cable either through doors, around doors. It just it's just not happening. And I like you, I I can do wireless if I if I really want to. It's just not great. Yeah. So I've had the power line adapters and I have tested power line versus direct. No, I have no difference. It doesn't like, feel absolutely. like there's any different. And it's dropped out less. And when the spikes have happened, I know it's because, you know, people are using it and it's totally cool because I'm not the only one here. You gotta yeah. share. Um but Apart from that, like my downloads have been incredibly fast. Everything is fast. It's not hot. The only thing that's been hot is my computer. Like mm. it's, it's, it's been dream. It's an absolute dream. So if you are using wireless and you're thinking of kind of getting something a little bit faster, power line adapters, man, that's yeah, incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it does depend, <laughs> by the way, on everybody's um, home power wiring. It, yeah. It, so if you're in a really old house, it's probably going to be shit, but it's worth trying it's worth trying i wonder if it will work in the shed back at home so i wonder whether it will as well it depends <laughs> that's because gonna I, be interesting right? yeah because it depends on what power circuit you're on because i i try i think i've said this before actually but i tried this at my parents house now their their router um and modem is in one part of the house and then there where i was trying to put my pc was in the new extension on the house mm. turns out there are very different power circuits so there was zero communication between the two yeah so that, that didn't work which is why i actually have a wireless dongle in the first place so that worked there but anyway um so yeah it's i'd try it generally with somewhere like amazon you can try it send it back if it doesn't work blah blah blah, blah. so power line adapters make things so much easier um talking of fast things i guess um we've got some new memory card standards that are gonna make things very interesting for mobile this is devices cool. this is this is interesting to me because i find this kind of cool so we, there's a couple of new things um one is micro sd cards that are as fast if not faster than some desktop nvme ssds so the fastest kind of pci express um storage devices you can get in something that is the size of like your thumbnail like that is amazing can you imagine what that's gonna do to our industry as well like yeah being able to just chuck shit on and not have to wait two hours for it to go on or at least, well you know it's not gonna be it's, it's enough to actually make it a lot a damn sight faster it's yeah. at least what a quarter to nearly yeah it must be a quarter more well i think it's drastically more it depends it depends on the the cards that you buy um yeah. a lot of a lot of this speed is going to come from future devices because you can't just buy one of these new cards which i don't think are quite out yet but you can't buy one and put it in your phone that's two years old and expect mm. it to be much faster but the the technology is there for it to do almost one gigabyte, as in one gigabyte a second. 
Like that's just insane. Like, that's insane. Like, Which is amazing bonkers. if you have like a. I mean, like, how long? Yeah, it take hardly any time at all to put an entire terabyte onto a little drive if it had the space. Exactly, but you th- think about the future of this. So, so you've got we've got five G coming, which is theoretically similar sort of speeds as that to to your phone, um, and that means you could download things like a Blu-ray, like your HD movie, four K film on your tablet, phone, or whatever else in seconds. Do you know what would be the great test? It would be a Lord of the Rings extended edition. Right. Because yeah. on that on Blu-ray is about, what, 15 gigs? I wonder mm. how long that... No. More. It's 18. Like 50 gigs. Is it 50 gigs per one? The, yeah, oh, they can be. Oh, you're right. Yep. Yeah, no, you're right. For the 4K right, ones anyway, or whatever Yeah, sorry. The 4K ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how long that'll take, because it took me like 18 hours to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's bonkers. <laughs> I just so to put it's it across was like two, three hours. And I was just putting it on a different hard drive. Right, yeah. No like the most I've time. got in my systems is like 400 megabytes a second. That's that's all right though. Isn't it? That's really good, but that's SSD to SSD. So yeah, yeah, it's impressive. But the other thing that's kind of more interesting for me, um, from a professional standpoint, is this is Sony's kind of new standard for CF cards. So CFast or C what Compact Flash, but they're kind of the same but different so i don't really know why they're all called compact flash because they're all different (laughs) um tell me basically we're talking at least double what we've got currently in terms of transfer speed so uh up to 1700 megabytes a second read speed and just under 1500 megabytes a second write speed so that is wow that's bonkers because effectively this is designed at high bitrate cameras, so 8K cameras and, yeah. and the like. Um, they record so much data, the storage has to be able to keep up with it. But the problem you've got is you've recorded it all, but now you've got to do something with it. So it's the transfer speeds that are better for this. Yeah, so, absolutely. so at work, we've got um, a Canon C300 Mark II. It's, it can do 400 megabits a second for the uh, it's 4k and the memory cards can do more than that but the nice thing about that is the transfer speed is way faster off them compared to our sd cards so it takes me like about 15 minutes to do a 128 gig card which is pretty good compared to half an hour for like a 60 gig card on an sd card yeah screw that so it's it's huge. I mean, I know I'm just spouting numbers off here, but it's no, it, it makes it, sense it, to me at least. Yeah, um, and it will be huge, kind of in the next couple of years. Like how storage will just not be a question that you think about. Can you imagine? That's that's going to be so odd. Yeah. Um, the only oh, other ha- interesting oh, thing is this dash button thing. So, do you know what the Amazon dash buttons were? Actually, no, I do not. So. The idea is that you spend like a fiver on the button and let, let's let's take toilet paper for example. You put this tiny little clickable button somewhere in the bathroom and you go, oh, the toilet paper's run out. Tap the button, it instantly orders it from Amazon, it'll be there next day on Prime. That's cool. I guess. Yeah, it's, this is it, right? Like, it's okay. How much easier is that than just bringing up your phone and tapping go or whatever else on or anything? actually travelling to the store. Yeah, it's this is the thing. So clearly Amazon agree that it's just their exact words where customers are using other methods to purchase products. Which is 
exactly yeah. the point. Like, why why would you bother with this these buttons? And how I've much never would that button it. cost as well? So the button cost like a fiver, but the theory was that would be discounted off your first use of it. So let's say what you were ordering cost six pounds. Actually, it would only cost you one pound the first time because you've bought the five pound button. Fair enough. Um, but they no longer exist, so that's interesting. Yeah, that's a weird one. I wonder who thought of that in the first place. I guess that's more of the smart home generation. They want to one-click everything and your prayers will go away. But the problem is that like, you also wonder about what toilet paper. Would it automatically go for the ultra deluxe? Or would it go for the cheapest chips, sandpaper on your ass ordeal? Well, this is the thing that confused the hell out of me, is that they're actually the <laughs> buttons were product-specific. As in, it was an exact single option of an item that you got the button for. Oh, okay. So you want this specific thing, you get the dash button for that specific thing. And it wasn't everything either. It was only kind of like mainstream stuff. Um, so like Fairy Liquid, for example, like you'd have a button for that. Um, it, I, I never got it. Clearly, many other people didn't get the point of it either because they've discontinued them. But they have been around for years, actually, these dash buttons. So I'd say at least three years plus I've seen them around. My evil brain keeps on thinking of ways that that will be like used badly. Like in the <laughs> sex shops, like, oh, I'm just going to use the instant order dildo button. Right. Just a yeah, person yeah, yeah. comes over and starts spam pressing it like, oh, the dildos. <laughs> starts raining dildos. Oh, God. <laughs> All this stuff from Prime. <laughs> Where did you put the button? Oh, we've got a problem. What happened? Macy the dog, she kept on chewing the button. We've got like 50 dildos out the front. <laughs> what do we do with them? Give them away to charity. You can't give them away to charity. We've definitely earned our explicit tag this time around with, yeah. with this one. That's good. Yeah, I like it. Is, 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 is that the tagline? Charity dildos? No, it's raining dildos. Is the, <laughs> it's uh, raining dildos. <laughs> that is our uh, oh, shout out this week. Oh. Yep. Oh, thank you, uh, Shipyard Ale, for making me say filthy things. Right. Um, to go back to it quickly before we yeah, end, yeah, yeah. I'd actually give this a three. Um, when I got to the body of it, it wasn't as stingy. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't the best thing I've had ever, but it actually was bearable and it was drinkable and I didn't think about the pinch too much. So, yeah, I'd give Shipyard American Ale uh, IPA a three. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's it's fine. I probably wouldn't have it again. Like, Yeah, there's... no, same. So, eh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. <laughs> all right. Um, just before we wrap up, I want to touch upon the situation with bumpers. We received a few bumpers already. Uh, thank you, Frasley, for sending those in. We What we're going to do is we're going to wait for a couple of other people to send some in. And then next week, hopefully, I say next week, probably two Maybe. weeks, we will um, play them all and we'll start using some of them. Yeah. So, if you guys haven't heard it already, we I did put out like a little mini-sode thing. Um from Jack saying, hey, send us your bumpers because we're lazy as fuck and can't be bothered to do them ourselves. Yeah, I've, I've been trying to get my uh, brother to do some um, because he's an audio whiz, but he's been mad busy. So I just wanted to see what he could come up with. But he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, I'll get on to that. And then nothing doesn't like, even touch Six it. months later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wouldn't be six months. I'll be like, I'll have to get him drunk and say, let's do it. And then I have to do it whilst I was there. Right, it's kind of like right. if he asked me to do something with Photoshop. If I like, oh, if I could do it in five minutes, I'll do it. So, yeah, can you do this like 3D thing? It'd be really cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Like half a year later, oh, I forgot about that. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the only other bit of kind of like, admin stuff to go through is that some of you may have noticed that we have switched our podcast hosting platform um i don't know how much it actually affects you guys as the listeners um hopefully the switchover was pretty seamless and you didn't end up with 
however many new episodes in your feed. Yeah. Um, but we've moved to Anchor FM. Um, the idea is that actually it is free for us to host there, which is always nice. Um, there is the possibility that in the future there may be a small but very relevant ad break in the middle of the show. Um, it will only ever be things that you guys will actually find interesting. Um, that's we, We're not going to effectively be selling out for anybody that will send us monies. Um, it's it'll be whatever's relevant so it could be uh beer related it, it's probably going to be gaming and internet related um we are currently waiting on the kind of payment system to be in place for people outside of the us it's something that anchor are working on um you guys may have known recently that anchor have been bought by spotify so they're kind of expanding massively but hopefully it shouldn't affect you guys at all uh it just enables us to do the podcast a bit more regularly and I think also the nice kind of thing about it is, I mean, the ultimate dream for, for me on this podcast was to be able to it for to be able to provide me beer, so yeah, like, right. be able to do like small adverts. If it does gain us any sort of momentum in terms of monetary value, to be able to have a beer based on just you know chucking out a few ads, which you can. To be honest, if you're like walking around, you're just like, oh, I'll just turn out for a few minutes. It's fine. If it gets me free beer, I'm doing it. Yeah, I think anyone wants that free beer, yeah. please. Yeah, basically this this helps us pay for beer. That's it's it's that simple. Um, I I wouldn't expect to hear it for another couple of weeks, maybe because uh, they are slowly rolling out the payment thing, like I say. So we'll see. Yeah. But there we go. That was a show. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear your feedback. So be sure to join our Discord at the link in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter at Slackers underscore Studio, and if you're a bit more old-fashioned, send us an email at theslackersmailbox at gmail.com. That is theslackersmailbox at gmail.com. Thank you, Slacker <laughs> Steve. Uh, <laughs> if, if you enjoy our show, please give us a review over on iTunes. This really helps us reach new people. And a three, and two, two, one. one. Don't, Don't let, let your, your boss, boss catch, catch you slacking. slacking. Until, Until next, next time. time. We've been your slackers. Yeah, I'm not going to do any more. Fuck you. But wait, there's more. There's more! Here's some messages from other podcasts in the Slackersphere. Hey, Slackers, it is Frasley. Want to hear even more discussion about World of Warcraft and geeky stuff? Head on over to Frazzlecast in your local supermarket podcast app, right next to the lettuce. Each week, I talk with people from Azeroth, and beyond! Hey Slackers, Allie here. Do you enjoy Warcraft Dungeons? Ever wonder what the stories are behind them, but are just too busy slacking to look it up? I've got you covered. Check out Dungeon Fables on Google Play, iTunes, or SoundCloud. Take care, and keep on slacking. Oh, that was surprisingly clean ending. You cannot escape from See, my musical He can't help himself. I can't not. It's like, <laughs> I've had a bit. It's rainy outside. I got to a good ending.
But wait, there's more. There's more. Here's some messages from other podcasts in the Slackersphere. Hey, Slackers, it is Frasley. Want to hear even more discussion about World of Warcraft and geeky stuff? Head on over to Frazzlecast in your local supermarket podcast app, right next to the lettuce. Each week, I talk with people from Azeroth and beyond. Hey, Slackers, Allie here. Do you enjoy Warcraft Dungeons? Ever wonder what the stories are behind them, but are just too busy slacking to look it up? I've got you covered. Check out Dungeon Fables on Google Play, iTunes, or SoundCloud. Take care and keep on slacking.